We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome in, everybody, to the CFB Nation All-America podcast presented by Twisted Tea. I'm Bill Troche, senior editor at SportingNews.com, alongside Bill Bender, our national college football writer at SportingNews.com. You can follow Bill on Twitter at BillBender92, and you can follow me at Bill Troche, and keep an eye on the main Sporting News account at Sporting News. Uh, Bill, we've got some leftovers from week one that we did not get to you on our uh, live Saturday night show. Did you enjoy the five-day portion of the weekend? How it keeps going Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. It's always kind of fun, but you're a little worn out by the end of the Monday. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's fine. I mean, I'm used to it. I've done it several times. So, I mean, getting a little older, so it's a little bit. Sunday's tough. I mean, but it, we, we had good games on Sunday. We had, obviously, a big game we're going to talk about. And then Monday, just when you're like, all right, this this is it. It's over. And we got a little bit of curveball on Monday night. So very yep. good. And, and we're already into next week real quick. So definitely a lot to talk about from the weekend. I told the bosses you had already done a week's worth of work and it was Tuesday morning. So that, uh, that yep. it was, it was a lot, but I mean, that's again, it, I, you don't sign up to not do it. That's the way I look at it. So like, if you sign up for this job, that's, it's what you do. So we work hard over there. We had fun at sporting news this weekend. We've got 13 more of them to do. Yep. One of the pieces that really people have enjoyed is uh, your ranking of one to 133, which is not an easy task, uh, but it's been doing big numbers for us this year. And it's something you're putting a lot of hard work into. And it's 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 one for everybody. Everyone wants to see exactly where their team is. So that uh, that has taken up a big chunk of your time. But we like it. Um, so but before we dive into Sunday's action and Monday's action, of course, Monday night was the the big one uh, with Duke upsetting Clemson 28-7. Uh, we'll get into that game in a second, but it leads me into the Trochi trivia question. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I posted this on Twitter, not the answer, but uh, from uh, uh, Clemson, of course, lost by 20 points. That is their third 20-point loss in their last seven games. Mm-hmm. And from 2015 to 2021, they only lost one game. By twenty points or more. Who what, 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 what was the eight, what was the date range? 
2015 to 2021. Uh-huh. One game by more than 20 points. That's it. Oh, I, I already wrote about that game today in an article. Uh oh. So you, I mean, I'm going to give you like a detailed report. So Uh-oh. sit on that one. Sit on that one. We will revisit at the end of the year who beat Clemson by more than 20 points from 2015 to 2021. I'll, so I won't spoil it. Let's jump back to Sunday. Uh, it started with Northwestern. Uh, you've got the purple shirt on right now, but it's not a Northwestern shirt. They might go one and eleven again. They're not. Uh, I thought they'd go one eleven before the season. I didn't see anything on Sunday that changed my mind. But that was the background to me putting together that one to one thirty three because there wasn't much to watch. I mean, their mm-hmm. offense is not good. It's going to be a struggle. We had hinted with the scandal that they had. I mean, it, it's going to be tough to keep that team together through the year. And you said one win. So is that is that one this week? Do they play? I'm play Howard. And don't play Howard until October seventh. They better get that one. Um, yeah, they got they UTEP this week. No chance against UTEP. I mean, they better get this one. And if not, I mean, you look at their Big Ten schedule. It's it's not friendly. I mean, at least they're not playing Ohio State or Michigan, but they get Penn State in a crossover. It's just going to be brutal. And I think hopefully behind the scenes that that program is maybe putting the wheels in motion to cleaning out the house getting somebody in there, but there's a coach from Duke that if he wanted that job, I think he would do well. Um, but he might have a hard time pulling him from Duke. So maybe that's an audition for Mike Elko here in a couple of weeks, if he would want that job. Maybe so. Uh, so we saw DJU again, old friend DJU on Sunday, had a really nice debut with Oregon State, and he just fit in with all the rest of the unbelievable Pac-12 quarterbacks. Oh, I know. And they, they didn't waste any time. I thought that game might be a little closer, um, but it seemed like there there was some next-level throws by him in that game. I mean, for him to come in, new system, transfer roulette's always a little weird to go 20 of 25 and throw three scores and be accurate and be all those things that he was knocked on a little bit. He even ran the ball. Bill, that's a good Oregon State football team. They're really good. Like, they're solid, and it just capped off what they said, 13-0 and for the Pac-12. What a – Wonderful weekend. Unbelievable quarterbacks all up and down that conference right now. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're looking for last-minute tickets to this weekend's big matchup between Notre Dame and NC State, or the battle for the Cyhawk Trophy between Iowa and Iowa State, maybe heading to Tuscaloosa to watch Texas and Alabama, or any other matchup in the Week 2 action, Game Time is the place for you. 
They take the stress out of buying tickets. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theaters near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball games, concerts, comedy shows, theaters, and more. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code CFBNATION for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. And again, create an account and redeem code CFBNATION for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. That's gametime.co. Go Beavers. We're saying go Beavers. Everyone wants the Beavers to do well here in the last year of the Pac 12. They're getting left, left out in the cold. Final game, the nightcap Sunday night, which had over 9 million viewers. I don't know if you saw that. It was Florida State LSU. More viewers than last year. Same time slot, same teams. And this one was a blowout relative to last year and it's still got more viewers which i thought was interesting uh florida state 45 lsu 24 even first half and then florida state was just unstoppable on offense in the second half first five possessions field goal touchdown 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 what happened to lsu's d uh Jordan Travis was on fire. He made one bad throw the entire game. He threw an interception after a muff punt. It's kind of a quick change to a quick change. But, I mean, Florida State is really, really good. And 14.9 uh, yards per completion. And I I obsess a little bit about this stat on Pro Football Focus. You see it in a lot of my articles where I say, here is what this quarterback did, 20 yards or more passes. And we'll talk about Clemson in a little bit, but Jordan Travis, 20 yards or more, really good. Three connections with Keon Coleman, who had 69 yards on those passes and two touchdowns. I mean, in three in the game. Johnny Wilson is huge. He has two really good targets on the outside. He has a big tight end. He has a strong running game. I texted you during the game. This is an adult football game that they're playing. It's an actual football game. There was a lot of four and five star on talent. I'm not as... I'm not going to like slam LSU that much. They just got beat by a better team. I mean, LSU's super talented too, made some mistakes, but um, they're a good football team too. I just think Florida State showed what kind of team. They're a threat to win the national championship. I'm not afraid to say that. I texted you, are we sure Johnny Wilson isn't 10 feet tall? Because he appeared to be 10 feet tall. <laughs> yeah, and that the other one I obsess about is like all off season, I looked at his yards per catch and it's like, when you have over 50 or 40, 40 some catches and you're averaging 20 yards a catch, it's not like a fluky five catch sample. Like this dude can get down the field. When Jordan Travis had time, he was really good. Um, you can tell he's a sixth year quarterback with the experience and not getting rattled. And they just smacked him down in the fourth quarter. I've been, I was telling, I was watching with Grant and I told him in the fourth quarter, 
I said they were doing the Seminole War chant the whole quarter. And I said, that's how you know Florida State's good right there. You're going to hear that thing the rest of this game. They're just going to do that. And, um, yeah, they're back. They're real. They're, that was the – of the teams I've watched really closely, Bill, I think the three best teams I've seen would be Florida State, Notre Dame, and, I mean, I've watched Alabama closely. I didn't watch Georgia super close this weekend. I'll, I'll admit that. I didn't watch every play of the UT Martin game. But those are the three, Alabama, Notre Dame, Florida State. And I'd say Michigan, but Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State, they're, we'll talk about them separately. Yeah, yeah. I mean, LSU got into the red zone. The, the tone was set when they had six snaps inside the five-yard line and didn't score Florida State stood up to him early in the first quarter. Uh, the, you know, the rest of the half was even, but Florida State had to have been filled with confidence after that. And then they um, stopped him again on a fourth and one at the 13-yard line later on in the first half. And LSU was still hanging around, but once Florida State hit the gas in the second half, LSU had no answer. Florida State looked really, really good. I agree with you. And then that leads us into Monday night. Clemson did not look very, very good. And that Square, you know, I think a lot of people were split on Clemson or Florida State in the ACC race. And well, maybe they'll split. Maybe one will win the regular season, one will win the championship game, and all that. Stuff. And now I think after these two games, these two weekends, everybody's looking at Florida State. Yeah, Clemson didn't look good. And it was a kind of how I was talking to Brian Howe on our last podcast about what was the moment you thought TCU was going to win. I thought that was the same thing in this Clemson Duke game. I was like, all right, they're going to score here and they'll take a lead. And this was fun for Duke, but then there was a missed field goal, another missed field goal, a fumble, a total quicksand game for them. They just couldn't get out of it. And when you saw that on the fumble at the goal line, when you saw Dabo kind of run down the sideline and he was running his hand through his hair, I was like, yeah, they're done. They're done because he knows. And, it, it was stunning in a lot of ways because I'll say this. I think Clemson still has an elite defense. I really do. They miss some tackles, but they've got some elite talent on that side, especially up front. That offense is ugly. It's not good. It's uh, They don't have receivers. They don't have, like, where's Higgins, Ross, Sammy Watkins? Where's that guy? They don't have him. Right. And it was so it made me think back to – Coming off the heels of DJU playing so well on Sunday, I read a story by The Athletic this offseason that DJ was talking about how he really liked the Oregon State offense and felt like he was going to have more freedom and more checks or whatever. And there was a story about was Clemson's offense too simple last year? I remember that. And, you know, he made the change at offensive coordinator, but one of Dabo's comments before the game was, we hired Garrett Riley to coach the Clemson offense. We're not running the Garrett Riley offense. And you look at Cade Klubnick, and he struggled to have explosive plays once again. And they were going against a really good defensive coach. So, again, it made that thought in the back of my head. I'm not an X's and O's guru. I'm not a former coach. But it's been talked about. Is Clemson's offense too simple? And, you know, maybe that showed up again on – Monday night, you know, I mean, the numbers were weird. I looked at the box score, right? Clemson mm-hmm. had more rushing yards, more passing yards, more first downs, was better on third down, had more time of possession, and they right. only had one more turnover. It was three to two. 
and they were blown out by three touchdowns. Well, and at one point, my good friend Matt Hayes was he text or tweeted something to the effect of that Duke's getting manhandled up front, and they were like Clemson was running the ball well. It's not like they were getting what they wanted. They just made so many mistakes, and the offense looked clunky. And I was talking about that stat from PFF where I do look at passes 20 yards or more every week I look at that with the quarterbacks because I'm like that tells me so two things tells me a quarterback's good and I'm not a quarterback guru yet there's still time um (laughs) 20 yards or more and then you know kind of the 10 yards or less I, I don't look at 10 to 19 as much as I should but 10 yards or less they're accurate 20 yards or more means they can push it down the field and uh he was 0 of 3 we only had one receiver catch a pass of 20 yards or more, and it was uh, the freshman caught one and got up the field a little bit. Hey, they're not explosive. And I, you too, I think you're onto something there, Bill, because it could be simple when you have Trevor Lawrence and T. Higgins and Justin Ross. The offense can be pretty simple because you got Trevor Lawrence throwing the ball, um, and he can put it wherever he wants. But Klubnik looked erratic. That surprised me because I was pretty high on him. I'm not writing him off, but he definitely looked erratic. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a powerful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. One thought I also had during that game was Will Shipley had a lot of touches, a lot of runs and short passes and got tackled a lot. And he was kind of pulling himself up off the ground and taking himself out of the game in the fourth quarter, you know, dragging a little bit. He got worn down in the heat. And the first guy I thought of was Travis Hunter. (laughs) I'm like, how did Travis Hunter do what he did? He He played all... You know, he made like he was targeted seven times. He made like three tackles. It wasn't like he wasn't getting touches or or being involved in the play on defense. He wasn't just resting out a cornerback. And then, of course, he had 11 catches. He drew two pass interference penalties. He was very involved in the offense as well. And so it just struck me that, you know, I'm sure Shipley's in shape. Of course, he was worn down. He got a lot of touches. He got a lot of tackle a lot and everything. But it's just like it just made me in awe of Travis Hunter even more. And I was on a Lexington, Kentucky radio station with uh, Matthew Lawrence, and he he, I was getting on him because I was like, why does America root for Duke football and hate Duke basketball? You know, why are you all about Duke? Why is this whole country rooting for Duke football when I watch you all winter cheer against? And I was like, and you guys are in Lexington, Kentucky, so I know you weren't really cheering for Duke football. And they were trying to justify that. And I was like, come on. <laughs> so uh, we had some fun with that. But great moment. I mean, again, a kind of a fitting cap to the weekend in some ways because 
you know, you saw the field storming and they were excited and nobody is going to feel sorry in the ACC for Clemson after getting dominated by them for the last decade. So I love moments like that. That made the whole five day worth it. I was like, as a fitting capper, good for Duke. Made me excited about the Duke Notre Dame game later this season. That's going to be fun. And props to Riley, Riley Leonard. What a run. That was, there was three plays. You mentioned one in the Woe Nelly Saturday in the live show. The Riley Leonard touchdown run qualified. That was amazing. A late Woe Nelly. Yes. Riley late edition. So in my Twitter feed, my college football Twitter feed today, I believe it was around 1030 in the morning. I got one. There was a graphic that said Paul Feinbaum declares Dabo dynasty is over. And then the next tweet was Matt Fortuna writing about Clemson's dynasty is over. The run is over. And then I got one from Grace Rayner, athletic column about the Clemson dynasty is over. So the narrative is out there that the Clemson dynasty is over. Do you agree? I mean, Grace and Matt are closer to that program than I am. So, I mean, they're, that's telling. I will, And Paul, I mean, he was telling me on one of my appearances there a couple of years ago, I, he called Dabo yesterday's news. And I think, unfortunately, he was right because I had Dabo ahead of Kirby. And uh, so, yeah. So, you know, maybe those guys are right. I don't think it's dead. I never pronounced something dead till, you know, if they go seven and five, then maybe. I mean, obviously, a lot of people are pointing to the lack of a uh, transfer portal use or the lack of NIL and those things that made Clint. But I, I'm quick to point out, I'll play devil's advocate at that. I was like, he built that program. I think Clemson becoming a national championship two-time winner slash every year contender is the greatest college football story of the last 50 years. If you really think about it, because that doesn't happen in places like that. So, but they will have to modernize. They will have to do some things a little bit differently. He showed that by hiring Garrett Riley. They're going to have to get out of his comfort zone if they want to press on. Because right now, I mean, I see Florida State playing them in three weeks and all the transfers and all the talent and all the war chant. And that could be a problem for Clemson in a couple of weeks. Yeah, no doubt about it. So uh, a couple more you know, opening weekend observations. Let's talk about the best coaching debut, non Deion Sanders division. I think he would win that, of course. But I'm going to throw three names at you and see which one you think had the, the best new coach debut. Jeff Brom at Louisville beat Georgia Tech on Friday night, 39-34. They had to come from behind in that one. Uh, Jack Plummer played well in the second half. Luke Fickle, Wisconsin. They buried Buffalo in the second half, 38-17. little bit of an uneven passing performance, but a great running performance for Wisconsin. And then Scott Satterfield at Cincinnati. I know it was only Eastern Kentucky, but they won 66-13. And Emory Jones, the transfer from Arizona State, never has gotten his feet underneath him any, you know, at Florida or Arizona State, really. Debuted with five touchdown passes and two rushing touchdowns, so seven touchdowns for him. So that's a nice debut, especially if he can get the best out of Emory Jones. That's good for him. Any of those three guys maybe better than 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 the other two? Can I go off the board? I'll you can go, go off the board. The, I'll go with G.J. Kinney, Texas okay. State coach, getting the big win against Baylor. Okay. I'm okay. going all the way off the Power Five grid now. Power Five wise, I'd say of those three, probably go Jeff Brom. And yeah, and, you know, obviously, I think he's going to do some great things at Louisville, but to come back get that win with the transfers, but my, I mean, GJ looks like a Texas football coach from Mesquite, Texas. Um, 
28 and a half point underdogs, biggest upset of the weekend. Uh, it, he was at Incarnate Ward, and we did some stories about Cam Ward a couple years or last year, and that that's a good FCS school. So props to GJ. But yeah, I mean, Luke, Luke's real openers this weekend to me. If they can go out to Washington State, who beat them last year, that would be a big win for them. And like you said, Emory Jones is. If you're a Florida fan watching that, you're like, really? And they couldn't complete a pass against Utah. And you watch that, you're like, really? Are you kidding me? Right. Yeah. No, that'll be interesting. Yeah, that Washington State-Wisconsin game will be a fun one uh, in week two for sure. Um, all right, new transfer QBs. How about the best Power 5 uh, transfers, QB debuts, non-Shador Sanders division? Because, again, I think with 510 yards and pulling off the upset, Shador would be our guy. But um, we just talked about Emory Jones, Cincinnati, 19 for 23, five touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns uh, over Eastern Kentucky. We got DJU. We mentioned him, his debut from Clemson. Uh, the numbers were 20 for 25, 239 yards, three touchdowns against a decent San Jose State team. I mean, they're not a Pac-12 team, obviously. Uh, they gave USC a game for a half. They gave, you know, Oregon State a little bit of a pushback. So um, I wouldn't totally discount the competition for DJ. And then Sam Hartman for two, uh, week zero and week one, uh, of course, to Notre Dame quarterback transfer from Wake Forest, uh, 83% completion percentages so far, six touchdowns, no interceptions. And he's basically been on the field for 12 drives. Notre Dame has 11 touchdowns and a field goal. <laughs> pretty hard not to go with him i mean i i did watch dj pretty closely i was down at my sister's house for my sister erica's birthday but we had it on in the background while we were swimming in the pool and uh he looked good i mean he looked comfortable and anytime you have a five-star quarterback talent that always has my attention and it's juxtaposed against clemson of course and everything we talked about with their offense so definitely intrigued by how he mixes it up with Shadur and Caleb and Michael Penix. And I mean, we did a Heisman piece this week at Sporting News and there's like six Pac-12 quarterbacks you could put in there and be serious about it. Like not joking. Actually, it was funny. Uh, one of my buddies, I was texting about Bo Nix something and uh, he goes, wait, Bo, and he's not like a super, he's a college football fan, but it's like a couple games a week. He goes, Bo Nix is still in college. He goes, what? And I go, dude, he was at Oregon last year. And I looked and I was like, well, he is a true fifth year starter. Like he started for five years, which is wild. So um, getting up on 50 games started too at the college level, but that's a long winded way of saying this PAC 12 race is going to be so much fun because of the quarterback play. Yeah, no doubt. And then back to Hartman a little bit. I mean, he's going to get a nice test this weekend at NC State. He struggled against NC State the last two times he played him when he was Wake Forest quarterback. I'm sure that's in the back of his mind, and, and he's ready to get a little revenge. And you can't ask for more. You know, it was Tennessee State and it was Navy. So those are two probably the weakest teams on their schedule. But considering they have a very inexperienced offensive coordinator, and then, of course, you know, learning his receivers, learning his, his running backs, um, they can't really ask for more at this point. Right. And I know Hartman, I mean, it really is. And the chatter here, as you know, I'm in Columbus, is Ohio State has to get their act together at quarterback because they know Sam Hartman, what he's about, and that that's going to be a very tough game. So it is an interesting 
I hate the phrase trap game sometimes, but it's it's tricky one for them to go down to Raleigh and play well. You know, it's a tough place to play. You mentioned his history, three interceptions the last two times he's been down there, but that was with Wake. This is a different offense, different team. And, um, yeah, he obviously has been the most impressive of the transfers because he's he's right up there in the Heisman mix now, probably top five. And you know NC State, they didn't play great against UConn, but, you know, I think the end, the ND game right, right. on deck, you know, you yeah, try to focus on UConn all right. summer, but that's that's hard to do. They're 20, 18 to 22-year-old kids. You can tell them they can focus all you want. You know they were peeking ahead. Right, right. So, anyway. Okay, well, before we get out of here, let's get back to the Trochi trivia answer, which apparently you already know. I'm pretty sure. Clemson has lost three of their last seven games by 20 points or more, which to me is alarming and is evidence that, yeah, the, the program has definitely moved a, you know, visible, tangible notch below what they've been, needless to say. Uh, from 2015 to 2021, they only lost one game in six years or seven years. Seven years. So twenty fifth. Now I don't know the answer. Twenty fifteen to twenty twenty one. They lost one game by more than twenty points. Who did they lose to? Oh my! So I thought it was. So I didn't read the question, of course, because twenty thirteen Florida State beat them. So from twenty fifteen to twenty twenty one, they lost one game by more than twenty points. Correct. Uh, I. Do you remember who took them out? Is it an ACC game? Can I have a hint? No, it was not an ACC game. So it was a bull game, and it would be mm, a bull game if it's not an AC or no, it was it a. Uh, it's either Auburn or Georgia. Which one is it? I'll give you a hint. This school is located very close to your house. So it's Ohio State that beat them. Twenty twenty CFP CFP semifinal. That was bad. They nuked them. Ohio State 49, Clemson 28, the 2020. So they, the Justin. So now I feel awful because you missed the second. We reversed it. I thought you would miss last shows and you got it. And I thought you would miss one and you missed it. I missed it because in my head the whole time I was thinking 2013, they lost Florida State really bad, which is the game I was talking about where we heard the war chant the whole time. 2020. So I am going to go on this little diatribe. That's the game. They haven't been the same since. Clemson hasn't. Florida, Ohio State nuked them that night, wanted to nuke them because they had lost a couple playoff games to them. They took it personally. Justin Fields was awesome. And I've and ever since that game, I think Clemson has do they have college football playoff credentials? Are they still a big boy? And it's gradually, instead of, you know, it's to the point they win an ACC championship. We don't care. But yeah, I had 49-28, Chris Olave, big touchdown. They that high state rocked them all night. You're gonna take some abuse from the Columbus people. Oh, I won't because I'll just say I read the question wrong. It's like <laughs> the one you skip over at the DMV, and then you're like, How did I miss that question about the stop sign? All right, very good. Well, thank you to everyone for listening to the CFB Nation All America podcast brought to you by Twisted T. Thanks for listening on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And for those of you watching on our YouTube channel at CFB Nation, thank you to Irish Breakdown, your source for Notre Dame football information. Don't forget to join us Saturday night for our live reaction show 
Uh, this will be a little later this week after the Alabama-Texas game, but uh, we will be there on the CFB Nation YouTube channel. So enjoy the rest of your day, and uh, we will see you soon. <laughs>